The Automotive News Europe podcast is brought to you by Atal Design, your premium mobility and product design partner since 1968. Atal Design inspires, integrates, develops, and produces the most cutting-edge solutions around its customers' visions. Hello and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for July 8th, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a e Thanks for being with us. Adiant is one of the world's leading seat makers, which puts it at ground zero when it comes to keeping pace with the industry's biggest trends, such as the move to electrified and autonomous cars. Regardless of what we drive or ride in in the future, it's going to need a comfortable, safe, multidimensional place to sit. Andreas Masov is the man in charge of making this happen as Adiant's Director of Design and Technology for Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. He tells us what the supplier is doing to cope with the rapid changes. He also provides details on the so-called floating seat that offers technology that rivals Captain Kirk's favorite place on the USS Enterprise. Hi, Andreas. Thanks so much for being here today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Hello, Doc. Thanks for having me. What are the biggest trends in the seating and overall interior sector right now? Some of the biggest trends are actually ones that are around for quite some time already. I think uh, mostly it's what we call CASE, C-A-S-E, so Connected Autonomous shared and electrification so i think that is driving the industry since quite some time actually one topic um, accelerated in the last um, let's say year and a half which is electrification Um, and and electrification is probably one of those big trends now because it it touches most of the areas of product development and and, and the industry as a whole Um, and of course the whole topic of digitalization and everything that is uh, changing and, and, and speeding up the uh, product development and manufacturing workflow, I think uh, we'll probably come to that later. That's also a topic. If you look at it a little bit from a wider perspective um, and, and a little bit more pointed to seating as a product and overall interiors as, 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 as from an end consumer point of view, I think uh, new mobility scenarios are a thing that is impacting uh, the product quite a bit. And I don't know if you've heard about that concept of the places um, where you say that first place is um, your home, second place is your workspace, and the car is about to become the third place. In a nutshell, to say end consumers are and will be more expecting that the car interior is more working what they know from home and it's more like what they expect and what they experience in their office. So it's your living room and your office and many things in, in addition that uh, the car interior need to, need to, needs to cater to. I'd like to drill down a little bit onto the subject of electrification and how specifically is that affecting suppliers such as yourself? Yeah, I mean, for one, electrification is means a big invest for OEM. So in, in, a, in a very top level, they need to invest in making electrification work, which means that they need to save money in order to finance electrification, which means cost pressure on our products. So in that sense, it, it immediately affects us in terms of cost pressure 
that we feel um, in the industry. Then there are more product-related aspects like lightweight, for example. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're going going electric, you want to have lightweight products. You want to have specific to seats is what we call low block heights. Means that the seat is very um, basically the passenger sits very low in the seat to keep the point of gravity low to create more space for battery packages in the car and so on. So these are all these are all things that we're looking at. One other aspect is, of course, energy management. Yeah, so how do you manage the energy if you're electric, electrically driven uh, and how what could the seats contribute to that? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's about the motors, it's about the, the, the controller modules, it's about just energy consumption as a whole. And then migration of functionalities into the seat. If you think about um, your car becomes your living room and you want to be more flexible and moving around with your seats and swivel and sleep and whatever, you will typically move away from the usual uh, interfaces that you have in the car. You move away from your instrument panel, you move away from your doors, or you have different relative positions to that, which means that a lot of things will travel to the seat. Sound will move to the seat. Um, heating and ventilation will probably move to the seat. And then that whole energy management topic becomes really important. And at the end, it's all driven by electrification um, when, you, when you think about it. Well, that's fascinating. And also wanted to get some of your perspective about the change you mentioned to creating the third sort of living space. How have you folks stayed up on all of these changes and all of these demands as the interior has just gone absolutely you know crazy when it comes to the products that are being used and what's being asked to create in this third living space yeah that that's a good question i mean uh, one as i said before i mean we we are early anticipating all these type of trends so um, uh, it, it's not a surprise for us that these things will trickle down eventually also into the seats and to be perfectly honest the seats are one of the uh, few if not the only element in the car which uh, is connected always with the passenger so you have like a lot of ergonomic um, and, and, and comfort requirements and the seat more and more becomes a, a differentiating factor just because of the comfort but also because of the styling aspects if you look at cars today and if you look at concept vehicles um, that, that are shown and, and, and that basically give a glimpse into the future the seat more and more becomes a, a very strong design uh, design element in the car, uh, and with combined with that theory of the first, second, and third place, um, you know many more expectations out of these uh, let's say environments that people are ex experienced in and, and 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 what they what they like to. I mean that trickles down into the car, so they expect. Uh, new materials they, they see in their households, in their living spaces, uh, they, things, things they see in, 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 uh, um, in consumer electronics and so on and so on. They expect all that to show up in the interior and they expect all that to also show up um, in, um, in, in seats. wanted to switch to the move towards augmented reality and wanted to get your feedback on how you see that having a major impact on interiors of the future? It's, in short, already part of our daily work. We're using virtual reality, but also augmented reality in very early phases of our business for target comparisons, 
for, for, for making sure that the, the teams are brought up to speed to give, give real-time um, real insights into, in, into our products. I mean, for example, we're, we're using uh, technologies where we overlay um, physical models with uh, virtual models uh, to do these target comparisons and to drive decisions from that. Um, what we are what we are moving to right now is um, moving these technologies also in the production side of our business in that we're using augmented reality and virtual reality in production layout um, even down to introducing physics and ergonomics um, into into the production layout and simulating how we assemble parts and how we produce parts down to complete digital plant layouts and uh, that's very interesting because then at the end you are able to virtualize uh, and to digitize the complete value chain of our product development process like sustainability and all the other topics it's not trivial but um, i think we're on a good way there We'll continue our conversation with Andreas Mosshoff after this message. Since 1968, Atal Design has been pioneering the road of mobility, putting forward distinctive design and innovative technological solutions. Atal Design knows how to implement customers' ideas, creating iconic and functional products that effectively improve the approach to mobility. Atal Design today offers services to support customers in achieving their targets, styling and creativity with virtual reality and immersive user experience. Vehicle development from components to whole product, from concept to production, electric and electronics development, and artificial intelligence serving e-traction, vehicle network. HMI, and autonomous driving, assembly and construction of models, show cars, prototypes, and small series. Ital Design adopts a flexible approach to match products and services to customer needs, providing lean development process to established OEMs, acting as a system integrator and technology enabler with newcomers and defining product creation processes and strategies to startups. Ital Design inspires the most cutting-edge solutions around its customers' visions, paving the way towards a better life for all. To learn more about how Ital Design moves the industry, visit its website at www.italdesign.it. You know, a lot of suppliers out there are a little nervous because of the major changes that we're having, particularly the move to electric cars and autonomous cars, but you guys make seats, and no matter what happens, we're, no matter what this car becomes, it's still going to need a place for me to put my behind. <laughs> so I would have to imagine that the move towards autonomous is actually pretty exciting for uh, Adiant. Can you talk us a little, uh, talk us through a little bit about how you guys are getting ready for that? It, it actually is exciting. Uh, I can I can echo that statement. So. Um... I mean, you, you already described it. I mean, we are in the seating business and uh, whatever happens in the car, I mean, eventually people need to sit in the vehicle. I mean, you move them from A to B and somehow you need to sit in the car or at least be connected with the car. What happened over the last couple of years, I mean, you, you probably remember that some years ago, uh, autonomous cars and autonomous driving was the next big thing. And it has been put a little bit into perspective because... Um, for one, the technical advancements have not been that fast 
and and there are legal uh, aspects to it there are there are other other aspects to it that needs to be that need to be considered so electrification took a little bit over yeah so i think a lot of oems focused first on electrification because that is something that also requires a lot of uh, financial invest as i said before so um, it, it, it went a little bit quiet on autonomous driving for, let's say, one and a half or two years. But also, also with autonomous drive, I mean, it's something that we've anticipated quite some time ago. And we looked at our product portfolio. And of course, what is, um, uh, what is clear is if seats are that one aspect that is connected to the passengers, and if you think about that concept of first, second and third place, whatever autonomous driving will require is actually already a requirement we see today. So a lot of OEMs are already asking for things that you will be eventually using in autonomous driven cars. I always say, give one example when people say like, you know, it's a game changer. I would say like, yes, it is a game changer of some sort, but if you really think about it, if you are driving in a car today, a normal car has between four and five places where people can sit in. Actually, today, four of those five people are already driving autonomous just because they are not piloting the vehicle. And with the new mobility scenarios and the trickling down of first and second place into the third place of the car, Having seats that swivel, having seats that recline, having seats that you can comfortably sit or semi-lie in in a, in, a, in, a, in a zero-G position, having seats that have additional functionalities, may it be comfort or HMI or, or, or sound or whatever, it's already requested today. And at the end, what you do, and that may be a little bit of a simplification that I'm doing here, at the end, when autonomous drive is really happening, you just apply all of these things also on the driver seat. So for us, autonomous drive is neither neither a surprise nor it is is it is it a, is it a scare for us. Um, so we're looking forward to the future of autonomous driving as we're looking forward to the future of uh, mobility in general. I think that is probably the best description I've ever heard about autonomous driving, Andreas, because you hit the nail on the head. Those other four people in that car are already doing this. So really, is it that hard to add the fifth person? Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's of, of course, if, if you, I mean, you can, you can look at these stories also very, very progressive and assume that, you know, you have no boundaries whatsoever in the car. Um, in the future, and I know that there are a lot of autonomous scenarios out there that point very far in the future where you can do the most crazy things in the vehicle. But I mean, you also have to think about, you know, the, 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 the limiting factors. And I mean, physics and safety are very much limiting a couple of things that you can do as well as to, from the outside, from the overall system. It's like legislation and other aspects that are limiting it. You get to see some amazing developments on a daily basis. Could you give me some idea about some of the things that you might be working on that are really exciting to you and you say, well, this is really going to be interesting that we may be seeing in five or 10 years? Every day is exciting and everything that we're working on is exciting. So it's, it's, it's hard to pick and choose something. Um, 
I mean, may, maybe one thing since we, we, we talked about that already in the, in the press a little bit. I mean, we're trying to think ahead with where, where, where how the future is going. And, and we also developed something that we call a floating seat. It's, a, it's kind of like a test bed for all type of things that we see coming up in the future, either, either near term, mid term or even longer term. Um, and, and that, of course, keeps the teams very excited to work on these things to really figure out, you know, what could be the next cool ideas. And that, that floating seat, maybe just to explain, is, is, is a seat that has a me mechanism, a floating mechanism that is not using any of the typical structural features and tracks and recliners and, um, and, 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 and chassis, metal stem chassis that, that you know on seats today. It has a specific mechanism that actually is a body-driven mechanism. Uh, where you as a, as a passenger will sit in the car and you can adjust the seat basically by your body motion. So you're not limited by the tracks and things like that, but you can really operate the seat um, very freely um, because it's, it, it, it allows like a, like a tilting and rocking motion. Uh, you can also use that uh, to bring you into a very safe position when you're in a crash situation. It has sound in seat features, it has new um, human-machine interaction features uh, and all in all it just is a totally different take on what a seat can be. The way you describe it, I automatically think of Captain Kirk on the bridge in his chair. Yeah, it, it's maybe, maybe not, that, not as square as Captain Kirk's chair there, but it's, it's uh, relatively similar. Uh, I think the cool thing is that it's really a body-driven uh, body system. You sit in it and uh, you just use your body to operate it and swivel it around and rock it and tilt it. And uh, I think that's, that's really cool. Now we have just established that it's probably even better than what Captain Kirk had. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, Andreas, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Thank you so much for being here for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Thanks for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. We reached Andreas Mosshoff at his office in Berscheid, Germany. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, or on our website at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up the July 8th, 2021 episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a &E. Thanks very much for stopping by. We hope you'll tune in again next time.